Welcome to The Pop-In. It's episode three of season six. Full episode about Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell is on the feed right now as well. Flop stars. This is Sam's pick. We each get a pick of an album this season that the other one either doesn't like or hasn't heard before. And that's going to be a fun little start to that little twist of Flop Stars. But for now, this is The Pop-In, running through all the big pop music stories of the week and running through all the big releases with Bop or Flop in just a second. New music from Carly Rae Jepsen, Dane, the Black Eyed Peas Pumpet has received a 2022 reworking and there's new music for Amy Shark. But first, I must introduce you to someone you already know, um, Sam Murphy. Hello. Aloha to you. Aloha. <laughs> I like that. Mahalo. <laughs> mahalo. What does mahalo mean? I'm not, I'm, I'm not averse of it. I think it just means a lot of things. <laughs> I think. You know, it's one of those words that means like hello. And anyway, I, I don't know. That's going to make me sound really ignorant. I love words like that. I'm try. I wanted to have a nice background for you today, but um, I don't. I just have the curtain of the hotel room because it was too bright the outside. The beige curtain of all time. And so it was either my face or a nice background. So I thought, yeah, you can have my face. I'm really disappointed. You had a week to work out where you're going to position the camera for this, but not that any of this matters to many people um, because you are in. You are an audio medium as well. So it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, but now we do a lot of video work. So people should look at it on TikTok or yeah. Instagram um, if they want to see this background, which is surely going to send people running over to our social <laughs> channels to see this beautiful curtain. Beige curtain at Pop Stars Podcast. Pop Stars. Um, start with some of the big music stories of the week. Waking up this morning to news of the return of Blink 182. Do you say 182 or 182? I can't remember. I've never figured that out, and I'm not about to start, to be honest. If I'm being totally honest, I cannot stop thinking about them coming. I've tried hundreds of different ways to make them come. Every night, I pray for them to come. My husband and I would love to watch them come. Original lineup and a snippet of a song that we'll get in the next sort of 48 hours of recording this. Have you heard that snippet? I haven't heard the snippet. I ain't cool, little fuck in the head. They'll be hanging me quick when I'm back from the dead. Sounds good. Sounds like a punchy... I didn't even know this was happening. I think, no, I don't think anyone did, really. Like, it's all been very quick. And, and I, what I like is they've come back and they've gone, cool, full tour into 2024, album coming too, yeah. and single this Friday, and the full original lineup back together. I mean, that's, that's how you do a return. Wow, I wonder what the other guy's doing. What other guy? He's just been flicked. The guy who took Yeah, I think, I, I believe so. I believe so, because I suppose it's almost like, you know, if he was ever going to come back, there is always space for him to come back. So, old mate, ta-ta. <laughs> what was his name I love even? That. Go I can't even remember his name Matt now. Matt Skiba. Oh! Okay. But he's gone off and obviously um, Tom's done his alien thing and now he's back, he's over it. And the other guy gets the flick. Seems a bit unfair, I think. Exactly. So Tom was the lead, the, the vocalist from 1992 to 2005. Then he took four years off, yeah. 2009 and 2015. And then he's been gone for seven years and now he's back. And wow. it, it's, it's quite interesting to me to see such a commitment from them. 
from a band that has reformed and sort of, you know, had sabbaticals quite often, this is a really significant undertaking. And I kind of am concerned it's all going to implode, but I suppose there's had to have been conversations within the band. (laughs) I don't, but part of me does because like, I love drama and I'm messy, but I also really want them to have a good time and like... You know, the song sounds really punchy and pop punky and fun and I'm getting the vibe this album is going to be that, that, that same energy. And I want this to be a really solid return because so many of these re- reformations don't turn into something solid and, and en- enjoyable for people. Yeah, I think it'll be um, interesting. I won't have any involvement in it. Not interested in seeing the show, but I wish them luck. <laughs> I, it's funny because they're not... I probably am. I think I will be trying to get tickets. They're not coming to Australia until March 2024, which is giving Sean oh Mendes. Oh, God. Um, Who knows where you'll be by then? Australia could be underwater. That's my whole point. It probably will be. It won't take long. It's lots of water. Um, so that's happening. That's very fun. Yeah. Have you heard Kelly Clarkson and Sam Smith doing a duet of Breakaway for Kelly Oakey? I can't believe I missed this. You know, um, you you know that I keep up with Kelly Clarkson news quite often, and I just need to sidetrack mm. this for a little bit because I'm in Hawaii for a wedding, and I was sat at the table basically with my my mum, which makes sense, and my wife, which makes sense, <laughs> my cousin, which makes sense, and then these two people yep. from Florida, which didn't make much sense. They were in their like forties, fifties, and I was like, nice people, but you know. Why have we been put together on the same table? We go through the whole dinner and I get to the dance floor and the bride is like to me, you know that he is the one with the talking bird. And I was like, wait, the talking bird that was on the Kelly Clarkson show? And she was like, that's why I sat you next to him because he was on the (laughs) Kelly Clarkson show and he's met Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) And I was like, where is he? (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. An incredible reasoning for sitting you next to this person for an entire wedding. Literally. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. (laughs) So how how heavily did you interrogate him about what she's like, etc.? Well, I actually never saw him again. Because he'd already left the table. I never saw him on the dance floor. So I have no idea what Kelly Clarkson was like. And she just couldn't believe it that I hadn't, that that hadn't come up in conversation. But he did tell my mum, I'm sure you've seen my videos before. To which mum answered, what videos? (laughs) Exceptional scenes. (laughs) KC and Sam Smith doing a duet of Breakaway where Kelly took the harmonies, Sam took the melodies. Just impeccable. And I mean, we love seeing Sam Smith continue to d- deliver. We've spoken at length about Sam Smith, so we won't do that this week. Uh, but Unholy has taken another climb up the Billboard Hot 100. It is now sitting at number two behind Steve Lacey's Bad Habit. So that number one could well be within reach. Nominations for the 2022 ARIA Awards have been announced. These are the Big Australian Music Awards. They're like our version of the Grammys, but not at all the same. Um, yeah, the American listeners will be very interested there's a few crossover acts. There's a few crossover acts who kind of make sense. Um, so Rufus Du Sol are on top of the the leaderboard with seven nominations. Um, obviously, they've had quite a big year in the US touring as well. Um, the band Amel and the Sniffers are up for six. <laughs> 
I just love that. I love that. It's the most Australian thing ever. I love Animal and the Snickers. I think they make amazing They're great. music. Um, definitely not pop, but it's it's blistering rock stuff. Yeah. And Amy Taylor is an absolute force. Uh, Flume, also on six. Baker Boy, Vance, Joy and the Kid Leroy. A couple of cross American crossovers there with five nods. Um, I hate the word nods to describe that. Um, and guess who the two hosts are? I love Actually, you probably this. already know because you saw my Instagram. I love it. Natalie and Brulia and Lewis Capaldi are going to host a the dynamic awards, which is duo. just the most excellent casting. <laughs> so good. You know what my takeaway from it all was? Joji is nominated for Song of the Year. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's half Australian. I feel like I had, I feel like I knew this, but didn't know it. And yeah, Japanese Australian. I was so surprised. Astonishing. I was like, gosh, they're just, anybody can be nominated these days. And then I saw that he's got some Australian heritage. So good for him. He'll no doubt be um, at the awards. Totally. Yeah, Joji's up for Song of the Year alongside, yeah, uh, Flume, Tones and I, Kid Leroy, uh, Lude, who did a cover of that big Down Under song. Um, he's a, a DJ from, you know, Tasmania, the little island just off Australia, um, who's been working hard for quite a long time and now up for a fair few nominations. So well done to everyone who's ever been up for an ARIA award. Um, you did good. Um, there's a couple of inter- the best, best international artist nominees. ABBA, Adele, Billie Eilish, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Jack Harlow, Lil Nas X, Post Malone, Taylor Swift. My vote, ABBA. Definitely ABBA. Come on. <laughs> They're going to come and accept the award as a hologram. <laughs> Natalie and Brulia and Lewis Capaldi also to be holograms and then still attend the award ceremony anyway, but it's all pre-recorded. Like Frida did last week, the other show. Flop stars. Right, let's do the big news songs of the week. Bop or flop territory, starting with probably the biggest Australian release of the week and a woman who is starting to cross over in the US quite nicely, collaborations with the likes of Ed Sheeran and Keith Urban. I'm talking about Amy Shark, new song, Only Wanna Be With You. I only wanna be with you. Your thoughts, Sam Murphy. Not a loaded question. Your thought. I just don't know how much I should say. So um, my mum said, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. (laughs) So I'm going to pass the ball to you. I'm happy to take the ball. I think this is a great little song. I think it's an absolute little bop. It's giving like, um, it's it's giving like synthy 80s energy. It's just a fun little time. So it's a bop from me. Moving on to Willow and her brand new album (laughs) is out. written through some painstaking times. She said that she was drinking and doing smoking weed heaps through this album, but it's helped her realise... Willow that, was. Yeah, but she's realised it's helped her music become her vice now. What, so she's still drinking and doing drugs and making good music? No. I should she not was. drinking she's anymore. Drinking oh, God, I was going to say that's real, like some 70s rock and roll shit. I thought Willow was all <laughs> eat, pray, love. That surprises me. It's her dead pets moment. It's, it's way heavier than I expected. It goes down some really interesting paths. And I, I'm i just always so impressed by her voice. And I think it took probably until she did Psycho Freak with Camilla earlier this year for me to really go, holy shit, she brings something quite quite unique and quite special to the table vocally. And then hearing some of the songs on this record, particularly when it goes a bit softer, um, and it, it, yeah. it's funny because it goes it goes sonically softer, but the, the content's still quite heavy. 
and her energy on the songs is still really heavy, but just the vocal gymnastics on her as well, the way that she can manage to get these words across is quite unique. Um, and I, I just think we should be so stoked with the way that she is. You know, you don't even have to have a conversation about, you know, her famous parents. You know, it, when, when very, very, the very early days of Willow, it was always framed as her being Will and Jada's kid. And now there's just no conversation yeah. about that. Whereas I feel like there still kind of is with Jaden a little bit, despite how brilliant he is. Willow has just completely carved out her own space. And um, Definitely. I, think she's, I think she's an absolute superstar. Um, and, and yeah, this, this album's getting lauded just as it deserves to. Yeah, for a nepotism baby, she's really um, like making her own way. 100%. There's no fault of her own. She didn't ask no. to be. Will and Jada's child, but she's, yeah, she's really in the past two years, three years, really come into her own. It's really exciting, Absolutely. I think. Flop stars. Carly Rae Jepsen continues, this time teaming up with Rufus Wainwright for The Loneliest Time. Because we've had the loneliest time. This is a very bizarre matchup and one that I don't think people are, people love the song, but they're not sure about the collaboration between the two because I think Rufus Wainwright's not really a person who comes up often in pop music conversation I suppose he's a bit um, older and a bit more of a highbrow pop generation but I personally think I like it and like I see the respect from Carly for him and I also think he's really camp which fits the vibe of this song it's just like a four and a half minute disco banger with one of the great Carly Rae Jepsen bridges not taking itself too seriously a bop and a half I I don't I wouldn't go quite as far as you I think the chorus is a little bit lackluster it's lacking something for me but I really like how the song comes together overall but it's just not I, I don't know maybe I'm biased with what I know Carly's capable of and maybe I need to realize that this is absolutely fine for her to do but I just feel like the chorus doesn't quite go yeah. far enough for me particularly as a collaboration um, so she should go and work with Tom Hanks again. <laughs> I have heard the album and it is, um, it's, uh, definitely her solar power moment. Right. It's very downbeat and very spacious. It sounds like she's had a summer on mushrooms, which is good for her. <laughs> good for her. She deserves it. She worked her ass off. Um, look at you just dropping that you've got an advanced listen of the album. Unbelievable. For me. No, it leaked. I didn't. I oh, did it. Special. <laughs> <laughs> Flop stars. Hey, tell me about Pink Pirate and this song. Can we talk about the past instead? So I actually didn't know much about Pink Pirate until the other day. They are a twenty-year-old musician from England. Not many releases to their name. Um, but really, like, kind of grown up on that, the 1975 Moona sort of vibe, but also, like, a big appreciation for, like, um, early 2000s British pop music, like, Girls Aloud. And you can really hear it, like, really strong melodies, but really, really cool production. Can We Talk About The Past is, like, a really vulnerable honest song with some great lyrics, great vocals, and just, like, production that could go, like, Billie Eilish way or could go, like, Pink Panther's way. So really, really cool. I just really got into it this week, and I think they're one to watch. Yeah, you've only just popped them on my radar, and I'm really into it. Um, this definitely probably goes down more the Pink Panther's side, this song. It's a nice, glitchy, yeah. pretty intimate. It's kind of darker track, but it's, um, it's a lot of fun, and I can tell that they're a really cool pop creator. So it's a bot from me on Pink Pirate. Good name, too. Solid name. 
I like Pink Pirate. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Pink Pirate. Ooh, say that I'm your one and only. Um, Joyce Rice. This is fun. Bit of sweet goodbyes. Nice little slice of, of smooth R&B stuff. Yeah. I mean, Kite Trinado is behind this one. He's in production. And he has a really good suite of um, female R&B stars that he works with. Um, Joyce being one of them and Raven Lanay being another one of them and he always just makes such like slippery R&B bangers and they don't like deviate too much off the off the line like they're one dimensional in the best way (laughs) Um, and really highlight the voice a kind of in a like early 2000s Mary J Blige production sort of way um, yeah. This is off a new EP that she's just dropped And it's really cool I think Kytronata's on three of the tracks um, She's obviously a great, great songwriter Great vocalist Bop, bop, they're all bops so far Apart from the first one <laughs> Kytra's really gone into this world of like Just being a, so trustworthy And everything that he creates You know is going to connect And slip in And I think what I really like about Kater as well is he's found one of those sounds that certain artists, and I think of Flume in this category, I think of Kenny, the Kenny Beatses of the world and stuff, you know it's them when you hear it, but it doesn't feel like it's repeat, repetitive or, or been done too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you think about this song in the context of something like 10% with Kali Uchi, it's like the way that he works with these amazing female vocalists um, is quite special. And yeah, he, he creates these like or incredible grooves that really highlight the voice and allow the voice space to, to do its thing um, without over overdoing the voice and over overpacking it. So, yeah, I'm really yeah. impressed with this. It's really cool. Great. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a slight delay. Um, I think, yeah, there with is. With the podcast this week because I'm on Hilton Wi-Fi. And so there's this like air of awkwardness that's through no fault of our own. So if it sounds like we're, we're, <laughs> we're fighting, we're not really. No. Dane has brand new music. Dane is, of course, um, Australian artist who is, I mean, I, I say Australian artist. They are a global sensation at the moment. Mentored by Charlie XCX. Mixtape called Shapeless coming later on in the year. And the new single is Stay Close, which is a love story of two villains about the loss of control, emotional unavailability, and villainous tendencies that come from a fast-paced lifestyle. If you know them off um, off Twitter and, and social media in general, but also off the music and the live performances, you know they are a, just a wild child um, in a really good way. Yeah. You know, really honest and authentic and, and really quite... Captivating. I mean, the releases show that everything's kind of been all over the place, but tied together by their very cohesive brand of being that all over the place. Yeah, it <laughs> um, works. And the last one, I can't remember what it was called. It was like Boy Thoughts. Uh, Boy Thoughts. Or yeah, it's Boy Thoughts. Yeah, loved that one. Very PC music. Um, this one's a little bit darker than that, but still like shows some really great songwriting. Obviously they're just like very talented in that way. And so they can skip through genres very easily. I'm not sure Mm. this one like catches my attention quite as much. Um, but I still like it. I'm still going to go light bop on it. 
Yeah, I'll go Bop Bonnet as well. I just like seeing someone like Dane out there who's just extremely themselves and very self-aware of who they are and not afraid to, to let us know and let us in on the, the darker side of life as well. So Bop yeah. from Dane. Go Dane. That, that mixtape's going to be really interesting. Boop, boop, no. Uh, this is such an interesting week. There's not that many, like, big name releases, but there's a lot of yeah. good um, new artists, which is good to see. Arguably the biggest name to release this week was Charlie Puth um, with a new song called It Loser Finally Came. The album. The album where we yeah. have three songs left to listen to. Have you listened to the album? Nope. No, nor have I. But I will say this one is the best one off it yet, I think. Yeah. I'm not going crazy Mm. for it, but I'm definitely going light bop on it. He sounds better when he just, like, doesn't take himself so either so seriously or like a joke. He just needs to find somewhere in the middle. Charlie's a genius. There's no no doubting that. I think we 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 were sort of throwing some, you know, some light thoughts around about Charlie Be Quiet last week, um, <laughs> which which may not have highlighted the fact that Charlie has been a genius for a very long time. There's a reason that he's got so many cuts on so many different and interesting and unique records. And what yeah. he's done moving from just being a produ- an excellent producer, an exceptional producer, um, the artist Charlie Puth as well, I think he's a really interesting proposition of an artist. And he's another one that is very authentic almost too authentic sometimes. And when he's exploring that sort of self-deprecating side that you see from his actual personality, when he explores that on music, I'm not sure whether it gets over the line quite as well as when he's sort of taking the music a little bit more seriously, but not too serious and not too full of himself. Um, And I think Loser probably straddles that line quite nicely and and a lot of the songs on the record do. Um, And and yeah, I think he's just built this brilliant discography now with just some really smart, intricate pop songs that, you know, no one else would have thought of. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's a pop. Oh, go, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, good on Charlie. The next one. <laughs> <sighs> Tiesto and the Black Eyed Peas, Pump It Louder. Turn up the radio, blast your stereo. Um, yeah, and you know, the motto. And, and it was like, and the motto. Good point, the motto as and, well. And you hot know. in it with Charlie. And hot. I completely He's been on quite a hot He's, streak. Is it still going with Pump It Louder? What is the reason for this? Like, no reason. <laughs> I just Can't don't understand. One. I do not understand. It's <laughs> no words. Honestly, no words. It's there. It's purely there to just take up space. It's just pump it, slowed down with a really simple four to the floor beat behind it, and then it goes a bit bonkers in the middle, and I don't really understand it. Um, and I feel like the Black Eyed Peas are worth slash due a moment of the, you know, in this world of like recreations and yeah. sort of re- reinterpretations, but this is absolutely not it. It's a flop and a half from me. <laughs> it's a flop, but I appreciate how much of a flop it is. <laughs> it's almost comical, If you're going to make a flop, make a massive flop. <laughs> Haven't the Black Eyed Peas done this before, though? Wasn't it that? Was it that Ritmo song they did with Jay Balvin? Oh, my God, where- yes. The one that uses... Um, this is the rhythm, 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 the r- r- rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. It, yeah, they've, they've, there's a few violations that have happened from the piece so far. Yeah. <laughs> they do a visit from the police, I think. <laughs> 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 Your telephone up to the police. 
Um, oh, Will I Am would be out there trying to sample the siren. He's <laughs> got Fergie on the phone. Oh, final song we'll check out in the Bop or Flop section of the Pop In this week is new music from Gene Dawson and Earl Sweatshirt called Bad Fruit from a record they've done together. Wow, this thing just knocked me off my feet. It's ridiculous. I'm just a little volcano in the nighttime. Tell me about it. I don't know enough about it. I I did enjoy it too, but tell me about it. Gene's just become one of those artists that has quietly been sort of breaking new ground in a massive way, really bringing together elements of, of R&B and with, a, with a rock kind of influence, but it's still very hooky as well, and just kind of a joy. And this one feels a little bit more emotional and deep, and I just, it's just this perfect storm of emotions, this song. Um, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a really special one. And, and with Earl on board as well, who from the very early days has not put himself into a box, has really been, you know, undefinable. Um, and has gone through a lot in his life and been able to reflect that in the music. And I think these yeah. two coming together is just a masterstroke. So, yeah, it's it's a great little tune. Such a diverse podcast we've had. We've had Earl Sweatshirt. We've had Rock with Willow, Blink-182. What are we doing? We're really turning. I think we should ditch the pop thing. I think we should ditch it. We're a rock podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M, hit us up. Triple <laughs> <laughs> And a talking bird podcast. <laughs> that story's astonishing to me. I wonder if I could get the bird shit. on. I might try. Yes. We've never had a guest before, but we're due one, aren't we? Let's do that. Probably be able to tell me more about Gene Dawson than you could. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> Fuck off. Righto. We're going to go into the full uh, edition now. Check this one out up on the up on the feed. Um, we are talking about Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell. Sam is going to dive probably deeper on this than I am. This is my first time listening to this record. I think my thoughts on it will surprise you. Does this album stand up a couple of years after it was named the best album of the year by Pitchfork? <laughs> Look at you with the find clickbait. <laughs> Tap on our other one, hit Fuck. follow and find us on the socials and all that shit. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Flop stars. <laughs> 